Right. Hello. Hello. We're here. <laughs> Finally. For the first, I guess, first episode or first show of the Forge Games cast. It's, uh, you might be familiar with this sort of thing from last year. It was uh, Tom and Luke who hosted the, the sort of Forge Games sort of show on the radio. It's uh, us now. It's hello. Might as well introduce ourselves. So my name's Ash. Um, I'm one of the games editors for Forge Press. I'm joined here as I will be for the other few weeks with Catherine. Hi, I'm the other games editor. Uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been on this show before, actually, when Tom and Luke were hosting it, but uh, the recording sort of got deleted or got lost with the account, so we're sort of reintroducing ourselves. So we've already said who we are, so basically I was just going to run us through just a little get-to-know session about who we are and you know what we've sort of been doing with our time before we came on Forge um, and sort of have a little bit of a discussion about our gaming experiences and all that stuff. Just a get-to-know session, really, I'd say. So I guess... Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I, don't know. I really don't mind. I can do it if you want me to. Oh, go ahead. Why not? Okay, then. So we've just got a few questions <laughs> that we're going to kind of like answer about ourselves. And one of them is, what are our favorite games of all time? So mine is Pokemon, Diamond, Pearl and Platinum. Any one of them and or Very all. good choice. <laughs> yeah, they were my first Pokemon games. So they're very nostalgic to me, but honestly... Uh, they've stuck with me throughout the times. I've played every Pokemon game and none of them have beaten that one for me. Uh, it's kind of what got me into like more gaming as a whole because like, obviously at the age of seven, I had Nintendogs. <laughs> <laughs> but that was about as far as I went in terms of like playing video games and stuff like that. But it was at that moment when I first played Pearl that it was like you know what, this this is me. This is what I like to do. So that one means a lot to me. I think I think that game sort of came around at the right time for me as well because I played that, but I got a, uh, a special sort of hacked copy when I bought it pre-owned, which I guess sort of uh, helped my enjoyment of it, starting off with, like, you know, max money, like <laughs> almost every Pokemon, so many shinies. I didn't really play it legit because I didn't really realise... I, I was at an age where I didn't really realise that wasn't the normal thing. <laughs> I just thought, oh, this is great. This is I've started off amazingly here. But, yeah, uh, I didn't play it. I only played Diamond. I didn't play Platinum, but from... Have you, did you play Platinum as well? Yeah, I started off with Pearl. It was actually only like quite a few years later that I, that I played Platinum, like a lot of years later like after it had come out. Um, they definitely improved it a lot because like one of the main criticisms of Diamond and Pearl was just how slow they were, like in terms of like movement, everything. I mean, I can't really deny that. Like I'm the biggest Diamond and Pearl defender of all time, but even I can't deny how slow it was, but Platinum really like tried to mix that up a bit and there was also just a lot more interesting new pokemon in there that were available for your main game so it was definitely a massive improvement i think but i can't pick a favorite (laughs) (laughs) so i guess like switching it over to me when i say like what my favorite game of all time is um it would probably have to i'd probably have to say persona 5 um before that it was persona 4 and like 3 so i'm a big fan of the persona series but uh in order to explain why, I sort of have to have a little bit of a history lesson because I was playing, um, I got my PS Vita and one of the first games I got for it was uh, Persona 4 Golden and I got 
Persona 3 Portable at around about the same time. And I sort of played it and it came out around just about the right time for me because it wasn't really a happy point in my life. I wasn't really feeling the best about everything and just playing that game and getting invested in the world and the characters and playing it. I just fell in love with it and that sort of carried over with five and it just improved on so many things that were in four and three. Um, the soundtrack, the art style, the characters, the story, everything was sort of taken up a notch and objectively I thought it was better. But, you know, I still have like personal preferences over which little bits of the games I enjoy more like out of four, three and five. But yeah, five was definitely an amazing, amazing game for me. My, my game of the year of that year. But I realized that it, it wasn't really that popular in the West, but... I guess that's okay. I mean, I think it's grown a bit now, though. It definitely hit off with five. I think mm. five was the sort of biggest um, footprint. I think it made in the West for a quite a while. But even so, I've still not really seen it in like gaming stores when I've gone in. I've not really seen it in game. Um, I still like talk to people who don't really know what it is. Yeah. Because I feel like they don't really take full advantage of the popularity it could have um like it's such a great game it's such a great game series and i think going forward i think they really should sort of push more marketing in the west i think like maybe like a trailer or so at like e3 and like sony's like conferences really because you see that sort of success with other games like like japanese sort of rpgs and i think persona could be another one like that if they just pushed it a bit more i definitely think it could be because i mean we've even got joker and smash now so yeah. like that's bringing it more like into mainstream knowledge i guess yeah. so like people more likely to try it i definitely really want to play it i've not had the chance because i don't have a ps4 <laughs> but yeah i just have my fingers massively crossed at the point on switch because i know they're putting uh scramble on the switch oh yeah that, that, so, that big bait and switch when oh, everyone's getting really excited for persona 5 broken like it still looks so cool but I was waiting that day, please let me be able to play Persona 5, and my heart was shattered, so I hope they (laughs) rectify that. (laughs) So I guess, like, the next sort of thing we had on our list was sort of what are our favourite genres to play? I mean, I've kind of already said with Persona, it's a lot of sort of RPGs, like JRPGs. Mm. Um, I'm not really into sort of shooters and, like, Battle Royale games, because, frankly, I'm not that good. Like, people... (laughs) People who've seen me like play games know that I'm not really the best at that sort of game. So, but yeah, like RPGs and stuff where I can get lost in the world and just experience like you know the characters and the, like the stories and basically just get immersed in everything that the game has to offer. Like that, that's right up my alley. Um, I'd, I've, I like playing shooters, even if I'm not particularly great at them. Like stuff like Halo has been a massive part of my childhood um, growing up. So. Stuff like that, I also really, really appreciate. But I was sort of interested in because I've not really had this conversation with you yeah, about we've like. Yeah, not really had it yet. Have but we? it's going to be sort of interesting to find out. Like I imagine you said Pokemon, so that yeah. sort of style of game as well. But. Yeah, I'm definitely really big into RPGs like you are yeah. as well. Um, open world games used to scare me quite a lot because um, I'm very bad at actually like finishing a game. Oh, like yeah. my backlog is massive. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you sort of preaching to the choir on that one because I think a lot of people listening to this will also have a lot of games on their backlog yeah so like when I had the first Xenoblade and stuff like that I had that going for years because it's like I'd get lost I wouldn't know what I was doing and you know it's such a big game in the first place you know and obviously there's so many extras as well 
Um, but I kind of like overcame that kind of open world phobia, I suppose, when I finished that game. Like it took me literally, I think, about five years on and off. Like I didn't even know most of the plot by the time I finished. I was like, wait, what? What actually happened again? <laughs> but um, I've caught up now. I, I've refreshed myself. But yeah, and then right after that, I got the second game on Switch, and like that, you know, that one I played all the way through, start to finish, and really, really enjoyed it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of those now. RPGs in general as well, like say Pokemon. Uh, also, like farming sim type games, oh, yeah. I'm really, really into. Yeah. I cannot turn one down. It doesn't matter <laughs> what it is. Um, I'm really looking forward to Animal Crossing as well in March. So all stuff like that, cute. <laughs> uh, I'm not into shooters either. Um, I played Splatoon, but that's about it, really. I'm not amazing. But then again, I was quite good at Splatoon. But yeah, generally not my type of We're quite, field. We're quite broad in our sort of... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so like... I guess the last thing before we sort of end this little segment is like sort of what are uh, sort of consoles that we own. So basically what we personally can cover for, yeah. the, for the issue. Like you've got a Switch. I know mm-hmm. that. I've got a PS4 and a sort of gaming laptop, which isn't really very modern anymore. But yeah. it, it still can run a few PC games. Um, but like we haven't really got any Xboxes. No, so I don't. that's so. not a field that we cover a lot but to be honest a lot of xbox games have been coming to pc anyway so it's Mm. not really felt like a massive miss like missing out and to be honest there's not really been in my opinion that many xbox exclusives that's come out recently that have been i can't think of many like gears gears 5 yeah um, i imagine was like very like quite well received but that I think going forward in the next generation, obviously Microsoft has learned that there mm-hmm. needs to be more of that. So they've sort of been buying studios and uh, basically trying to sort the exclusive problem out. So that was sort of the intro segment that we were going to do. We were going to have a little little break, maybe put a song in between, I don't know. But uh, yeah, we'll be back. Hi. Right, we're back. We've basically just been talking about very briefly about what games we've been playing uh very lately so uh, i guess i'll sort off because uh there's one there's well two games i've been playing but i'll cover one very briefly it's been uh, football manager 2019 it's a very constant game for me i'm always sort of addicted to it there's always (laughs) there's not really a week where i'm not playing it to be honest i'll be very very brief about that um i've been playing a psg save um gotten into the last stage of the champions league i think i'm in my third season right now uh it's going along quite nicely we've sort of got the best players already so i'm sort of coming to the end of it because there's not really much further i can take it and football manager 20 is sort of coming out quite soon so um it's sort of coming to the end of my football manager 2020 uh, sorry 2019 i guess experience putting over <laughs> i think about almost 800 hours wow. in total this year so yeah i've been a lot of i've been very addicted to it so Bet you're excited for the new one then <laughs> i am to be honest i'm not i don't think i'm going to pre-order it as what like what i did last time i think i'm going to wait till it comes out and sort of have a bit of uh sort of hold back a little bit and just see what it's all about like, if I'm still doing stuff on 2019, I'll finish that off fully, and then I'll think about getting 2020. I won't really jump into it uh, super quickly. But that's kind of it for Football Manager. It's a constant thing I'm playing, so that's that. 
The main thing I've been playing lately is Cube World. Now, I've talked to you probably a little bit before about how excited I was for Cube World because it's a game I've got another, I've got to give another history little lesson to. So, in about 2013, like 2012, 2013, there was this game that came out in like early alpha called like Cube World. And everyone was really excited for it because it came out, people could play it, um, or buy into it, sorry. And it was kind of like kind of like Minecraft, where it's got that sort of voxel art style, but it was a lot, lot more like an actual traditional RPG. So you could go questing, you could level up, you could slay enemies, um, you could get items and like loot and stuff. And it basically was really, really cool for the time it came out because Minecraft back then wasn't really like that. It was a lot sort of, you know, earlier along in its development cycle and there wasn't really anything quite like Cube World. There was a lot of other games that sort of put more into the MMO mm-hmm. space. So there wasn't really anything single-player quite like Cube World. It had multiplayer as well, but still. Anyway, um, after it came out uh, in Alpha, um, the guy on... like The developer who was like sort of... It was a two-person development team. It was this guy called like Wale on Twitter and his wife. And he just sort of went dark like he just stopped tweeting about the game like when he did tweet it was like years apart like months and years apart and it all just went a bit weird like people were just asking like what was going on what like what was the state of the game is he going to update it and he kept tweeting out screenshots and like features in the game that would have you know been in in an update and people were just like where is the update and eventually like he took the ability to pay for it off his little like website store like you couldn't play the alpha anymore so basically whoever had it basically they were there they were the only people who could play it from then until very very recently where people uh, sorry uh, he announced on twitter that cube was coming to steam and this was a, like a massive sort of like what where's this <laughs> like, coming from it's just out of nowhere it's like oh cube coming to steam after like six years of like <laughs> on and off development he was obviously working on it because he was obviously tweeting out in between but yeah it was really strange how it just appeared out of nowhere like it came out on steam and i was really excited for it so i bought it and uh, it it hurts for me to say this because obviously i was really excited for the game but it just it wasn't what i was wanting after that amount of development time like he changed like entire systems from the alpha to the full game in ways where i thought it was actually better back then Mm -hmm. and i kind of wish he'd like kept it for example like one of the things that he did was he basically removed the experience system and it was all sort of geared upon loot like you pick up loot in like areas and you go questing for them um but basically it was a sort of all the loot was like area locked so it would only really be effective in that area. Yeah. And obviously there are a lot of areas in the game. I think it's like, I don't know if it's procedurally generated, but it's a very, very, very big map. And yeah, it basically meant that you would go out, start off with pretty much nothing, and you were really, really weak because enemies could kill you like like at that. Yeah. I'm snapping my fingers for people who <laughs> are just listening in. So yeah, you basically couldn't really actually go out and get the equipment anyway because you would go out or you'd spawn in probably near usually near a village but 
um, the, the equipment, the loot you would need to get to basically get stronger was on the other side of the area. And between you and that, was like hordes of loads of high-level enemies or enemies that were just way too strong for you. Even like the basic ones could kill you in like two or three hits. So you would have to basically just sort of try and avoid fighting, which in a game like what Q-Will was trying to be just seems really bizarre. Yeah. So you would eventually go get the loot and that's all right. You can deal with the enemies in your area. You can sort of... uh, get experience that way by just sort of making yourself stronger in your equipment. But then when you moved on to another area, once you'd done all the stuff in the area you started with, it would basically not be effective at all. And you're back to square one. You're back to square one. So it was just like, what is the point in really exploring this game when you can't really? You can't go out into the world because you'll get killed instantly. And you can't explore out the area because your armor that you might have got is just basically worthless. So it's just like, I don't understand why that change was made. Like, I was much happier with the leveling up system, with the sort of getting new abilities and getting more health, you know, the traditional way. Well, you feel like you're progressing then. Yeah, so, so I don't know why he he changed it, really. It just, it sort of made it a bit, it made it just a bit worse. I, and I hate to say it because I know how much the difficulty it was making that game. I I can't imagine the stress that guy was under with the expectations, really. But, yeah, it's just it was really disappointing to to finally get my hands on, really. So, yeah, that was... Uh, that's my experience with Cube World. I'll keep playing it just to see how far it goes with it, but I'm not really looking forward to it, if you know what I mean. Which he is, might make updates, so I that'd be good. He did say, like, there would be sort of content improvements but we'll see really what goes on with it but you've been i know you've done this because you've like put a review out in the issue but there was a game you played called stranded sales yeah talk to us about that uh basically right so it tried to combine a lot of things really so i was interested in it because like i mentioned earlier i'm really into like farming sim type games and i know that that was a part of this game so that was what brought me to it but there turned out to be more to it it tried to do a lot of things really so the main thing really is actually more like an adventure sort of game like so basically uh the whole premise is uh to cut a long story short uh you your father and like his uh crew on his ship you get stranded as the game title might suggest on this like little cluster of islands and you have to survive and explore them and, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I've not got to the end. It's got a bit of, like, an overarching plot, but to be honest, it's not really that interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, so you've got a little boat to go between the islands. Yeah. You've got, a, well, you eventually get a sword. It takes forever, actually. <laughs> and um, you can fish, all that sort of thing. So basically, it's like you grow your crops, you yeah. can cook with those, and you're meant to like collect things to build like shacks and stuff for the people. You're trying to help them. It's a bit, I guess, a bit Animal Crossing-esque in that sort of sense because it's like that whole, they're just <laughs> relying on you to live. It's like, please make me a yeah. house. Please bring me this. I can't do it myself. It also sounds a bit like a sort of the Dragon Quest Builders series where you're sort of, you know, there's, you've got a village of people and you're gathering yeah. equipment to sort of build them a little yeah. village and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. So by doing them favors and stuff, you can get more equipment. It just allows yep. you to progress further and further. Oh, sounds um, like sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, it does a bit. Um, 
so it's fun, but it just had a very, very slow start because, um, honestly, at first I was going to rate it a lot lower than I did in the end because the pace was incredibly slow. Um, it starts off and you're given very few things to do. And like, you also have a stamina bar. Oh, Uh, right. I mentioned this in the review, which depletes really, really fast. And also just from walking. So it's like, just from going A to B, you can lose like a quarter of your day's energy. Jeez. Yeah. So it's like, in terms of doing things in a day, you really have to plan out how you're going to do it. You need your food ready to like refresh that. And when you have all your starting equipment that uses up more energy than like when you've got better equipment, yeah. it's like you can, you might be able to chop like three trees in that day and then you pass out. You know, it's like, it's a very slow grind. So like once you get past the sort of uh, slow start, because I mean, I don't want to bring it back to Persona, but like one <laughs> of the biggest complaints I think I've had about Persona and the reason why so many people that I've sort of recommended it to haven't been able to get into it is yeah. because of that slow start. Yeah. So like, with this game, once you sort of get into it, is like the sort of gameplay loop quite actually fun? Like, I think so, personally. Because, um, like I say, once you've got your equipment upgrades and stuff like that, you can do a lot more. Uh, once you get like to the point where it's like you're fishing up like more rare fish that like give you more energy boosts and stuff like that, yeah. you can cook food that like makes you better at fishing, uh, all that sort of thing. Uh, you just have a lot more options in what you can do. You know, you could go to an island for a day, hunt for treasure. That's a thing. Like, it always, like, respawns. Uh, so you can go and find some more, like, loot and stuff like that. Come back, uh, get all sorts of stuff. And then it's just more of a really addictive loop. It's like, okay, I need to harvest my crops, go out, find some stuff, come back and build. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot more satisfying than, you know, slogging away, trying to get something just for, like, one of these NPCs say, okay, thanks. You know, they don't really have any personality to them, which is something I criticize as well. But, like, once you have your freedom, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, personally. Yeah. Did we put that We put that in this issue, or did we put that in last issue? Uh, it's online, actually. On, online, okay, right. Yeah. Well, you can read it online. Yeah. On the Watch Today <laughs> website, right. So you said you've been playing a little bit of, uh, you know, Danganronpa, Dragon Quest, and Pokemon, but you said, like, obviously... Not a lot. But. Yeah. Um, Danganronpa was like over the summer. I tried it. Yeah. Uh, I, I've tried it because of the Steam sale. It's one of the uh, things okay. that always right. goes mega, mega cheap. I'm like, okay, need to give this a go. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically like a visual novel, yeah. um, murder mystery type thing. There's a few games in the series. I've finished the first one and I'm partway through the second. I plan to get through them all, but... As always, backlog calls. Are you playing? The, are you planning on playing those sort of little spin-off ones as well? Yeah, yeah, eventually. But I think I think I have to finish the second one first to like have the right order on that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really fun. I've I've not played that many visual novels before. I played uh, Ace Attorney. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. Only the first one. I also have. <laughs> I have <laughs> the next two games for that as well, but they've fallen into the backlog, which will oh, be dear. a recurring theme, I think. But yeah, I mean, Steam sales. They are quite a main source of games becoming backlog games. If so. you see something at 80% off, it's like, oh, I've got to try yeah. that. But Less than £2, like, oh, come on, why not? Why not? I mean, and there's games on my Steam library that I've still not even, like, like I've got, but I've not, not even, even installed. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, why do I do this? But, yeah. Um, 
you said a lot of stuff about Dragon Quest as well. Yeah, the 11 uh, on ah, Switch. the S version or yeah. something. Yeah, uh, I've not actually got too far into that because I got it for my birthday, which was a few days ago. Yay. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've not gotten too far into that yet, but I really like that. You know, we talked about open world games earlier yeah, and yeah. the exploration. It definitely seems to have a lot of that. Uh, I, the thing that I'm loving the most at the minute is definitely the cute little enemies and their names <laughs> most of them are puns oh uh, yeah it's like there's a cucumber enemy I, I, I love the enemy designs in dragon quest i feel like that art style and the way it looks is just so cool yeah like, it just looks like, like a really good like imagining of you know um toriyama's drawings who's like yeah. the guy who does dragon ball and uh, dragon quest but i think it just it realizes those really well and like it just looks great. Yeah, I love it. It's so charming. And it's like, you're running into these enemies and it's like, I'm so excited to see what they're called. Like, oh, what's this one called? Oh, I love, what's the one with the, the big drum? Big drum? Oh, I've forgotten. But I know which one you mean. But that, I love that one. So, <laughs> so great. I think my favourite so far is the Cruel Cucumber. I All love right. it. <laughs> it's just a cucumber with a lance. <laughs> but yeah, that I'm really excited to get more into that. Um, yeah. Okay, well, that'll sort of wrap up what we've been playing. Well, next, when we come back, we'll be covering sort of EGX. That was the, pot, the big thing that happened this week. So, yeah, we'll be back with that. Hi, we're back. So for this section, we just thought we'd talk a little bit about EGX, which is where Ash has been over this past weekend. I unfortunately couldn't go. So because of that, we're just going to talk about it a bit and what he got up to. It was for a decent reason, though. It was yeah. a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> but So I had fun, but it's time to hear what you've been doing. Yep. So what was your personal highlight then? Um, I guess when you're asking, like, do you mean like Game of the Show or just what was the best thing I did about... Yeah, I think the, just the best thing. Like, what did you enjoy the most? Oh, I think, to be honest, the thing I enjoyed the most was actually the privilege of going. To yeah. be honest, the whole, like, being part of Forge and getting the press pass and just going down there, like, the whole experience, I think, of being able to go down there, I just absolutely loved because it wouldn't have been something I would have done before. Yeah. Like, with, you know, buying tickets and stuff like that. But now that I had a reason to go, it was such a great experience. Like... Getting down there, I mean, the first day wasn't great. I mean, before EGX started, because I had a bit of issues with, like, the hostels and stuff. They didn't, like, you know, I had to... There was a lot of rushing about on that first day before I went. But once EGX started and I actually got into it, it was such a great experience. Like, absolutely loved it. Going around, playing all the games, talking to developers, seeing, like, everything that was going on. It was just such, like, an amazing, amazing experience. I can't, like... I'm kind of a bit sad that I won't probably won't be able to go next year because I won't get be able to like you know I won't be on Forge committee so I won't get like press passes for anything but I would take the opportunity if you get to go yeah go <laughs> hopefully next year fingers crossed um, hopefully it won't be at the same time <laughs> um, but yeah so obviously you discussed it a bit in the latest issue and we're going to be putting it online as well plug 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 plug. <laughs> Um, so make sure to read that. But what was your favourite game that you got to experience there? I think it would have to be Cyberpunk. Um, we got sort of shown into a little sort of closed off room with about, you know, 50 other people. And like the sort of UK PR team for CG Project Red was there, including Holly from uh, PlayStation Access, you might oh, yeah. people might know. Um, she was there. She was the one sort of giving the sort of talk through and a guy was playing by the side it was really really cool to see like um a sort of new 
look at the game. Like I hadn't seen this demo before. Um, I don't think it was out sort of before this. I don't know if, if it was. I hadn't seen it, but it was all new, and it was just really cool to see the way that game works. Like to see you get to customize your character, to see all the choices that were possible in that game, to see the way that you could go through any given scenario from two different perspectives because they were they were switching it over from one character type to another for the demo purposes. Obviously, you would play as one throughout the game, but it was just really cool to see the different possibilities. Like one we saw was um, uh, the, the sort of... There was this female sort of... Uh, what would be the word? Like She, she was a melee like bruiser sort of yeah. type and basically she just ripped a turret off um like this mounted platform and just started using it as a minigun which is oh, really cool amazing. like <laughs> gunning down everyone like just absolutely delivering hell well the other perspective they showed us was a lot of a male sort of hacker type more stealth and he hacked it and it shot basically all the you know, the enemies around him. And that, that is just so cool. It was two different ways to do it. Obviously, it's not a new thing. Obviously, games have done this sort of thing before. But it was just cool that the amount of possibilities, like they were taking it back into early parts of the demo to show what we could have done if we'd have played as the other people. And like to see the amount of possibilities um, you could go through the level, I think was really cool. Like the choices, I think, are the main thing about this game. Obviously, it's been made by CG Project Red, who have got a, quite a good history of delivering great experiences. Yeah. But I think this could possibly be—I don't know—I don't know how it will compare to The Witcher Three because that was very well received, and it's obviously a very different style of game. It's a shooter now, so yeah, that was that—that that was my game of the show. I just really, really enjoyed getting a look at it and seeing what kind of experiences we'll get to do with it. It's just, Sounds it really, really good. cool. Yeah. yeah. How about, like, titles that people might not have heard about? Like, were there any sort of, like, hidden gems that you think really shone through? Yeah, definitely. There was this one indie game I played called Flotsam, which that's also talked about in the issue. Cyberpunk and Flotsam are both in there. So Flotsam... (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Flotsam is basically sort of city builder, kind of like... the the, The thing I can compare it to most is Frostpunk, because you start off at this sort of central node... And you basically expand, and it's set on the water, like set on the big ocean. And you basically go have to send people out to go collect resources. In this case, like dry bits of wood, um, like plastic waste, and like it was basically quite eco themed. Like when I was talking to the guy, the the developer of the game, um, he was talking about how he wanted to focusing on like sort of recycling and like the eco aspect, which I thought was pretty cool given the circumstances we live in today. So, (laughs) but. yeah, it was it was amazing. I, I thought the best thing about it was how polished it felt. Like if you hadn't, if you'd sat me in front of that game and told me that's an indie game, I've gone what? Because <laughs> it was just so well polished. The, the art style of it, the like the UI, the menus, um, it just felt really well put together. And it's it's in early access now. You can go out and buy it uh, on Steam now, which I kind of recommend you to do because. It looked really, really cool. Obviously, the gameplay style is not for everyone, but um, yeah, it was like I didn't get to play that far into it because I was on like a day where I was having a few interviews, like scheduled and stuff. So I didn't get to play it as much as I really wanted to. But there was a lot of features that were further on in the demo that I didn't get to experience that um, help you out in different ways. Like you can recover fish to um, manage your like your people's 
sort of needs because I've got food and hydration needs. Um, there are seagulls which you can tame and like sort of send out to also help you out. There's like narwhals you can help out, like cleaning oh. oil spills. It's just it was really cool and really well featured for a demo, and I was just really really impressed with like how like sort of not indie it felt. Yeah, you know, if you yeah, know. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the interviews that you got to do. So who did you manage to do that with? And were they interesting? Like, what did you get to talk about? Um, There was one that, obviously, I got to talk with the Flotsam developer. Yeah. Um, I didn't... I forgot the the name of the actual developers, which is going to bug me now, but (laughs) you can can search it up. It's easily searchable. But I also got a uh, sort of half an hour session with like Marvelous PR, when we covered a few games like uh, Grand Blue, Fantasy Versus, um, Sakuna, uh, Rune Factory, which I know you said you were sort of interested in. Yeah. And also like Hero Land. We got a few like uh, 10 minutes or so to play through each of those games and basically explain how they work, which was really cool because I've not I've not had an experience like that before. So yeah. it was really cool to go in and be trapped like like an actual sort of press person which is really <laughs> cool so but yeah the games were really interesting like I was great that I got to play them in that sort of scenario that setting and um he basically told me basically how to play each of the games like um like it was just I found it quite a cool experience sort of being put in that that room and being said like this is how the game works you can do what you want but i'll be here for you to basically tell you how it works so that's that was one thing i did with uh, marvelous pr the guy called scott shout out to scott um <laughs> thanks scott but that was really cool and um, we also got to talk to a couple of other developers i got to talk to like the pr people by this by this time it was the last day so a lot of the developers had gone home which was a bit sad but <laughs> it was good to talk to like the pr people behind some of the games like table manners that's also in the issue jeez i'm covering it all aren't i yeah so that was a cool thing to experience and talk about that and i've got a unique perspective on how like pr works for this sort of event and the way that worked and you know the communication that they have between you know the publishers and the developers which was a really interesting way to look at and obviously also playing the game and got into experience, which was a really, really fun experience. Yeah. Like, that was really funny. Like, Table Manners, um, it's, it's it's kind of like Surgeon Simulator. It's not made by the same people, but it's uh, where you control a hand, basically, and trying to make sure a date goes well by pouring <laughs> champagne, setting a candle on fire, and, uh, you know, ordering food and stuff. It was really quite fun. Like, everyone around me while playing it had a great smile on their face and everyone was laughing it was really really cool experience that sounds funny yeah and i imagine if there's fire involved yeah then it can go very wrong yeah the, the table did catch on fire when i did it but oh, they no. they had a fire extinguisher present so they'd put it out <laughs> well, that sounds really really good um what about like just any funny moments that you had like in general maybe not even related to the games but just like your experience down in london um well, it's it's kind of hard to say on that one because obviously with this sort of event, a lot of the time I was there, it was spent in queues. <laughs> As you'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of people, there was a lot of people there, period, but there was also a lot of people at any one time queuing up for any gameplay demos. Obviously, 
you know, getting their hands on with the game is what people really want to do. So it's no surprise that these little events have, you know, so many people queuing up for them. But there was, um, I was queued up for, I think it was uh, uh, Avengers, uh, which was also, I guess it's also in the issue. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we got to the back of the line and we started asking about how long it would take to get to the front. And they were saying like three hours or like four hours. And I was like, oh, I, I can't, I can't wait here. Yeah. I've got other stuff I want to do. But I stuck it out and it was really worth it because that was actually one of the other highlights I had of the show playing Avengers. That was really cool. So, but it was also just kind of funny seeing everyone like people were sitting down i saw a guy in the when i was queuing up for final fantasy 7 um um there was a guy sat down on like this sort of camping chair with his switch out <laughs> a lot of people had switches i think that was a that was advice i should have probably heeded i probably should have borrowed someone's switch or something and took it down with me because yeah everyone was doing uh sort of playing mario kart on their switch or tetris 99 or stuff like that which i guess is a quite ingenious way of passing the time in the queues so um so yeah that was that was stuff that really happened in the show like obviously there was stuff beforehand with hostels and yeah dodgy booking sites i'd say oh, I, <laughs> I should have researched it a bit further but you survived yeah. that's the main thing it, it was worth it in the end like um i'm just glad i went frankly because yeah, it wasn't something I'd ever got to do before. Like I've been to sort of conferences, like I've been to the Gadget Show, I've been to Top Gear, but going to a gaming event and actually getting hands-on with games um, that hadn't been come out yet was really cool. Obviously, there was a few games that were there, like Borderlands Three, FIFA Twenty was heavily featured around in various places, like Pez. Um, uh, what else? There was like those other games that like you know, out there like Overwatch and uh, Forza Horizon and, uh, and stuff like that. People were showing off at like computer manufacturer booths, I guess. Yeah. So that was a cool thing. Um, in terms of possibly like one of my favorite moments outside of playing games that, you know, uh, was probably just going to the end and finding out there was like a minecraft section like really there's, there's a minecraft se- there was a minecraft section oh, at that's EGX. so cool and like all these like little kids were playing like minecraft on this like i guess land server and everyone was dying instantly the computers <laughs> were not that great i mean it wasn't running it great but yeah everyone was dying pretty much instantly which i kind of felt bad for sort of kind of laughing a little bit about because it was just like <laughs> Yeah, that's not really fair for, like... I don't know what difficulty they had it on, but it must have been pretty high because everyone was dying in one or two hits to zombies and skeletons and stuff like that. Yeah. But also there was um, there was a there was a retro game section as well with, like, different consoles, like the Genesis, the, the SNES, like, the little pinball arcades there. That was a really cool thing to experience. Um, like, obviously, those group multiplayer retro things like mario kart and smash i think it was 64 i think it was yeah because it's the first one yeah yeah and then in addition to that little retro games area they also had a separate sort of retro games area where it was all like a line of consoles there was like a line of um uh, game cubes there was a line of 360s ps3s 
um, stuff like that. And like you could sort of go to this counter and basically sort of rent out. It, it was free to do, but you could sort of rent out uh, any game from like the past of those ge- like games that came out on those consoles. And they had a selection. And it was really cool to just sort of go to this thing and just like see, oh, I've seen like Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, for example. So just to pick that up, go to an Xbox and just put it in and play it. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't have expected that from a thing like EGX, but it, it was cool that it was there. Yeah. That just to sort really of have a little break from the actual show. Get away from the queues a bit as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there was also like stuff like um, like little like stages around where people were doing like you know little questions and answers and little conferences. And there was like a theater, which actually now that I remember, I'm glad I remember this because <laughs> um, a guy from Techland, the guys who make Dying Light, uh, a guy came up from. You know, Techland to sort of explain a lot about Dying Light 2, which was really, really cool because I loved the first Dying Light. I think it was an amazing game. Um, and I was really excited to see what they would do with Dying Light 2. And it was a really cool experience just to see this guy come up on stage and talk to us and explain like all the different gameplay changes and take us through a gameplay demo and stuff like that. It was kind of similar to Cyberpunk, but it was a lot more sort of um, more of a developer a conference rather than a gameplay showcase so to speak so yeah that was really cool i mean i think overall the show was like so cool for the out like the people who just turned up to play games like i was there obviously for press to get interviews hands-on and i was obviously there for a specific reason but for people just turning up to play games or like to see things that like, hadn't come out yet i think it was an amazing experience because like i don't know why they i know they changed it to london because it was in birmingham last year and i told tom and luke and chloe i think went to the one in birmingham so but it, it was it was also really cool just sort of getting to experience london i think because i'd not really been down there on my own before yeah. and like not in any sort of major capacity it usually just been to go to like Wembley or just to pass through or something like that but it's cool to like see around London and just kind of experience the city I guess really yeah so. is there anything else you wanted to talk about on that or um I'm trying I'm trying to think really because I think I've sort of covered all the main things I did really because obviously it was a lot of walking around talking to people getting hands-on and a lot of queuing so apart from that I didn't really do a lot, to be honest. Um, you got some photos, didn't you? I did get some photos. I was like, yeah, yeah, that was good. There was photo opportunities with uh, sort of Mario and Luigi and Goku, and like I got a photo with the Final Fantasy VII, like Buster Sword. That was pretty cool. So it's just like sort of the inner nerd in me sort of really appreciate it. It sounds as well. like a really good experience. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I can't stress that enough. I can't, you know, stress enough. The opportunity that I got to go was so amazing. And I'm really thankful for forward press to be able to give me that really. So, so make sure you read his feature in the latest issue. And we're also going to have a thing online coming up kind of soon, aren't we? Like more yeah. of it in depth. So we've got the six, like six games that I, sort of felt the best about really coming up in the issue and also going online but i did also like make a list of games that i had played there in some some capacity 
Um, I'll probably write about those a bit more, but obviously not go as in depth because hmm. some of them were good, some of them were not. Not so good. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like how much can you say about a game that's all right? Really, really yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, after this, we've got some news, but that was EGX for 2019. Uh, I saw some adverts for Rezzed, the sort of indie game oh, yeah. focused ones. That's going to be sort of in London again. I think around like late March time. Okay. So we can start planning for that. <laughs> See what happens with that yeah. one. So that's uh, that's what we got about EGX. Next up, bit of news. Right, hello, we're back. Hi. We've got news to talk about in the world of video games. A lot of stuff going on this week, but we've got not got a lot of time, so we're going to condense it a little bit. So the main thing I think that's come out recently is Fallout 76. As always. It's like it came out can't even remember how long ago now, but it's like it feels like almost every month we've had something going on to do with that game. So what is it this time, basically? Well, for people who love Fallout 76, and I'm I sure there plenty. are millions upon millions of them. Did you know, Catherine, you can get some subscription features now in oh, Fallout exciting. 76? So let me take you through what you can get in this new subscription you know you'll know that i'm avoiding the price for now and there's okay. a pretty good reason for that i'm sure it's really well priced so with this fallout first subscription like membership you can get private worlds so you can sort of take like a multiplayer game with you and your friends and make it make it private so that's something that's been in games for quite a while then you can get a scrap box which is basically a big storage container you get a tent which you can move around as it acts as a fast travel point you can get additional sort of microtransaction currency you can get a unique armor and Mm -hmm. you can get some more um like little emotes that sounds nice (laughs) how how much would you uh put a price on that how much would you say that would cost I don't know. It feels like probably no more than maybe like £20 for all that, even though some nice things, they're not exactly groundbreaking. So how much does it cost? Would you pay £12 a month? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Hang on, I can make it better for you. Would you pay £100 a year? Now we're talking. (laughs) Yes. So that's basically what's made this really blow up, I guess, is the sort of price for it. Like, it's going to be costing 100 quid a year for these features the we've got sirens going on because people are just absolutely can't believe it it's They're because collapsing. it's such a steal <laughs> yeah so this whole thing this has not been great pr for bethesda really because the original game when it came out was an absolute train wreck pretty much let's let's not beat around the bush with that it came out basically unfinished and Let's just say the reception of this announcement, this subscription service, has not been very positive. (laughs) People are quite up in arms about this. And to be honest, when I say 100 quid a year, I can probably see why. For those features. I think even if the original game was well received, people would still think that that was overpriced. But the fact that it's for this game, (laughs) this one, is just... Utterly unbelievable. Like, I can't believe how they can keep adding more things, trying yeah. to make it better, but it's just so much the worse. Is, the thing is, they were actually sort of doing that. They were releasing free content. Mm. Like, they were doing, like, events and, you know, new quests and stuff and, like, updating the game. 
But then they just do stuff like this. And i got to reiterate, the game's not free to play. Yeah. It's still You still have to buy it. Like If you haven't bought it already, it's still about like 35 quid or so, or how much it is if it's not like on sale or stuff. But, yeah, I just don't understand what, like who they think really is going to buy this apart from like the super fans like the people who just well it will be them won't it that'll be it really i think maybe that's sort of why they've priced it at that because they know there won't be that many people buying it but they'll get the max amount of profit out of it. that's a good point yeah so that that's kind of the biggest thing that's just come out recently but it's sort of been triumphed in terms of messes lately <laughs> by i'm scrolling up on this news feed which Catherine is laughing about right now it's <laughs> it's wwe 2k20 now when you look at this image you can't see it on on the you know the podcast and stuff but it's not exactly what you'd call uh i guess finished or stable it's actually quite scary <laughs> so wwe E2K20 has sort of recently came out. It came out like a couple of days ago. And people have been sharing screenshots and videos on social media <laughs> of absolute, like, just disasters and nightmare fuel, basically. Like, there's videos going around of, like, you know, everyone shaking, people clipping through the floor. You know, just whatever can go wrong in a wrestling game has it's been sort wrong. of going wrong. In addition to basically the game itself like the w the 2k games for our wwe haven't been very well received lately because they've been sort of thought of as being like not really innovating like not really being the best they could possibly be in comparison to games that had come before it so this is not really the best way of sort of re like getting community like consumer confidence back i'd yeah. say so yeah, this this has just been a massive PR disaster. I'm sure it'll be updated. I'm sure it'll be It'll fixed, be fixed, but the but... fact that it's come out in that state, I definitely recommend you look this up because I yeah, know we're describing it, but you, you, you need you, to see it. I would it. definitely recommend looking this stuff up because it kind of needs to be seen to be believed. <laughs> that I mean, one's we, my favorite. Th- this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't, this one, I can't even explain what I'm looking at. It's like this face that's just not finished and it's just hair everywhere and I don't know what this texture is. I don't know either, but she's well, got a really big mouth. Yeah, so it's just not what this game series needs. If it was like a series that was really well received by you know its fans beforehand, it might have been sort of, I guess, oh, well, you know, there's obviously do a dud once in a while, but this was also following on with... Uh, like screenshots of the game before release and it just not looking that good because the Ukes, the developer who made them before uh, this year's, they they were removed basically and it was basically 2K's visual concepts team who handle uh, NBA. Um, I think that's... I, I'm not sure if that's all they do, but it's, it's the main thing that they do or them are known for. So they, they took over this year's and it's just not finished. It's, it's it just doesn't look like it's been it's worked out very well. So, yeah, that's um, that's that. That's 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 that. Yeah, <laughs> de- definitely search that up because, ooh, just not before bed. <laughs> ooh. So you, the next thing we'll talk about, I guess, is uh, you mentioned to me about the Pokemon Center in London yeah. opening up and not 
going well not going great but like it's been a mixed bag um yeah so if anyone who uh, doesn't know about this basically they've got a temporary pop-up shop in london at the minute which i was really gutted that i didn't get to go to because originally it was like oh it's on at the same time as egx and then obviously i couldn't go um but yeah so pokemon center shops uh they're mainly in japan i think there's some in america and as you can imagine they just sell a whole load of pokemon merchandise and yeah they're doing a temporary one in london But because it's temporary, and I think it's only for like two weeks or something like that, uh, there has been a massive overwhelming demand for it. And because of that, things haven't been going all so smoothly. Like people are being getting stuck in like over five hour long queues just to get inside. Uh, People have been limited in the amount of stuff they can buy because uh, people, you know, they're buying out all the stuff. There's going to be nothing left. And obviously you've always got this kind of thing when there's like exclusive merch being sold people buying out all of it so they can like resell it at a higher price so yeah it's even though it looks amazing it's like anyone who doesn't get there before 4am is probably not going to see the front of the store basically i don't know if they've been able to fix that yet i know as far as this week goes they've not yet it's still been just way too many people it's a big shame because I, I remember that getting a, quite a lot of buzz when yeah. that was announced that there would be one in London for yeah. a little pop-up thing. So yeah. it's a shame that people aren't really going to get to experience it. Yeah, because it's like if you only went down for a day or something, yeah. like, oh, let's go and visit the Pokemon shop. If you got there, like, after it's already open, you're probably not going to be able to get in. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, what I'm hoping will come from all this is that they realise that, oh, there's enough demand that we could have a permanent one. Because, I mean, then I'd get to go and that'd be exciting. Uh, but I think a lot of people would appreciate that because obviously there's going to be so many people who miss out this time because of the issues, you know. So hopefully they take a, you know, take note. Uh, but yeah, it's just been a bit of a disaster, really, in that regard. So... It's, it's going to sound like a lot of the news has been a bit of, uh, like, disasteries, but I guess that's kind of what people focus on. We have got a few, like, positive ones, but frankly, like, Catherine's got to run in a bit, so we've got to <laughs> got wrap this up a little bit. One thing we did want to uh, talk about, though, is um, we want to sort of get people to write in, um, give us some questions so we can answer them and just have a little bit of a Q&A segment on the show. So if you do have something that you would like us to talk about or... Just a little question to basically have a topic on. Um, you can send your emails to press.games at forgetoday.com and put in the subject line like podcast or something like that. Um, and we'll read it and we will sort of include that in, I guess, next week's sort of show. Just yeah. um, so something to have as an additional thing. So um, that said, that is sort of the end of this week's show i think it's gone yeah i'm quite happy well with it I as hope. a sort of debut one yeah i hope that it's uh enjoyed <laughs> i've enjoyed doing I've it i've enjoyed it i have then so even if no one else you does. enjoyed it <laughs> even if no one else does we did so there's a few things that we've got as a sort of little goodbye thing but basically uh we are just going to play a few games and uh write about them i've got the cube world thing i was talking about that's a feature that I'm planning to write at some point. Um, but basically, uh, I've got a, obviously a recommendation to play that Flotsam game that's on Early Access in Steam. I don't know if you had anything that you wanted people to sort of check out this week. I mean, Stranded Sales, it sounds like I'm trying to like sell it, but honestly, if you give it a chance, I think it is really enjoyable. So like, if you're into 
adventure or like life sim type games definitely give it a go there's a demo actually on steam i think i think it's on steam so try that see what you think i think it's a bit of a hidden gem so i definitely recommend it all right well that's it for this week hope you enjoyed it um next week i think this has been an hour long show but we sort of thought we want to sort of make it a little bit longer so we can have more time to talk about stuff so we're not rushing but we thought we'd try a little bit of an hour so just to get our we'll see where things go yeah and we might start introducing guests on so if you are interested in appearing on the show uh let me or Catherine know and we'll you know we'll sort something out so that's been uh the first episode of the forge games cast we hope you enjoyed um and we will see you next week thank you bye